ACAST recommends podcasts we love. Well, it's a quiz, but this time it's a podcast. Yes. With me, Mikita Oliver. I was going to go with that at first, you know, I really was. I love a quiz. I'm nervous. Oh. How many edges does a 20p have? Uh. Oh my gosh. Oh my God, I'm doing so badly. We will quiz, we will chat, and then we will repeat forever. Just search Quiz Chat Repeat in your podcast app. Acast powers the world's best podcasts, including the Adam Buxton podcast, Growing Up With Galdem, and the one you're listening to right now. Welcome to Mod Path Chat, the official podcast of Modern Pathology. Featuring interviews with authors and experts on the latest science, technology, and developments in the field of pathology. Your host, Dr. George Netto, is the editor-in-chief of Modern Pathology and the chair of pathology at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Here's Dr. Netto. Welcome to Mod Pass Jazz. My guest today is Dr. Andre Hess, professor of pathology at Charles University in the Czech Republic. Andre is a leading expert in geopathology who has made significant contributions to our understanding of renal neoplasms. He's really the odd renal cancer uh, types uh, guy. He really uh, collect and uh, and uh, describe many new entities. Today he's joining us uh, to discuss his recent publication in Modern Pathology. Thank you, Andre, for accepting uh, my invitation. Uh, thank you, George, very much for invitation. It's my great pleasure and honor to be here with you. Great. Sorry for the time difference. I th- I think it's still uh, not that late over there, but uh, I'm glad uh, you uh, you hang in there uh, for us to do this. I really enjoyed uh, reviewing uh, your uh, your teamwork uh, on on Alcri arranged uh, tumors, and clearly. In geopathology, we didn't want to be outdone by lung pathologists and, and hematopathologists. Now we have our own entity with ALK and, and renal. And this study certainly expanded uh, our knowledge uh, for this rare tumor. Uh, so this is a provisional entity in the 2016 uh, World Health. And uh, uh, this study really uh, uh, went uh, molecular, uh, fish, IHC. I want you from the design aspect uh, to share with our audience uh, what's your favorite uh, IRC and how do you interpret it for this since it's a defining uh, marker uh, for the entity, the, the translocation uh, and the expression. So can you expand a little bit about that? Uh, sure, sure. Uh, we use the immunohistochemistry we used for that study to clones, uh, one Nichiray and one uh, Ventana clone. Uh, for the routine practice, I would recommend the Ventana clone because we have a Ventana benchmark, so it's, it's just easier for us to use the, the ready-to-use clone. Uh, I mean, for the study, we were very generous in uh, counting of positivity, so means that anything which was little bit red in alkaline phosphatases or a little bit brown I use for the further study. But for the for the routine work, I would just consider strong mostly cytoplasmic or membranose positivity as a as a potential candidate for the ALK. So so for the immunostochemistry, for the study design, we were very generous, but after the study I would be relatively strict uh, or when to submit the case for the for the molecular studies. So basically, so we're not uh, you know overcalling 
pursuing just weak positivity, focal positivity. But in general, you would you would follow up with fish or NGS. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. We we confirm every single case by by fish. We use the wisest, but some of those cases were negative or just just uh, it was not entirely perfect. So we confirm later by NGS by Archer platform, and only those cases which were confirmed by 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 the NGS we we put into the study. So so I, I think if if one wants to be serious, he should use or she should use all all available methodics. To, to confirm the diagnosis because good to know. but but immuno probably is a good starting point as long as it's uh, significant you know uh, positivity that you're comfortable with uh, as far as uh, just a word about the fish you use the vices habit correct a split apart and yeah. uh, and like you said the archer for which is becoming more available technique throughout so that that's very helpful uh, let's delve then just into the morphology a couple of uh, minutes uh, about uh, Describing the variability of these cases, yeah, it's, I, I think it's extremely variable. Speaking uh, about the morphology, because we have other cases which I would say classic, but it's not classic at all. But those cases which are highly polymorphic in architecture, in cytology, and in the background. So those cases they they have a solid areas, papillary areas, some tubular stuff. Uh, they look eosinophilic in some areas. They look more more rhabdoid. So all those variability in a cytologic level, and what is what is for me the warning sign that it might be the case from that series is when you find some mucinose background or mucine or myxoid background, something bluish in the in between the cells. So if I have a variable tumor with this myxoid or mucinose background and variable architecture, this is the case I would I would think about. Just I would think about. Unfortunately, there is nothing diagnostic. If, if you ask me, say, three, K, three morphologic features, definitive morphologic features, I would say, I don't know. I just say variability. That's the, that's the, that's the index. So in a tumor that's showing uh, heterogeneity in architecture and, and cytologic features, especially what you mentioned, we'll come to the MTSC-like area in a second. But initially, you know, at least I, following the initial reports in lung and, and in kidney, I used to think of this tumor whenever I see a, a a rhabdoid plasmocytoid or a signet ring like cords and individual cells, but now this doesn't pan out anymore. Other other patterns like tubulopapillary, uh, and you mentioned even sarcomatoid and thyroid like. Can you can you tell us about the uh, uh, the MTSC and metanephric adenoma patterns that you found? That, that, that's a nice story because it's the beginning of the whole paper. Because uh, you know I, I like to play with strange things, and and uh, <laughs> I've got the I've got the inspiration from. <laughs> You mean mind. strange tumors? Not strange tumors. Yes. Okay. All right. Strange tumors. And uh, Marco he inspired me because when we when we work on the paper with Anthony Gill about SDHB uh, tumors or SDH deficiency RCC, I asked Marco and Marco, please, you should have a gist with renal tumors. Send me those if you have. And he said, yes, yes, of course I have. And he sent, sent me three cases, I would expect this pink bubble wrap, as we know, typical for the SDHB RCC. But he sent me one case which looked like some clear cell something, very strange clear cell RCC, some maybe papillary RCC NOS, and something very odd. 
So he sent me three cases which were completely different from the old series we had. Mm -hmm. So it is, we, we, we use them. So I, I said that we are testing the tumors which are typical or which where we expect the mutation or translocation. Also, those cases we are sending to geneticists to test that for us. But we do not test the standard cases, the normal cases, which are just, just slightly unusual. So I, I asked my colleague in Zagreb, Monica Olamets, to to do the tissue microarray to construct from my cases because we do not have a facility for, for construction. Mm -hmm. And I, I spread the ALK and ENTRK and other antibodies around those tissue microarrays. I found one tumor which was diagnosed by myself as metanephric adenoma, and I would repeat the diagnosis again, and mm -hmm. one as a mucinose tubular and spindle cell RCC. So it was just tissue microarray. So then and, I went, and those turn out to be ALK. Exactly. Are part of this series yeah. of cases. Interesting was that I, I pull out all our 200 something mucinous tubularly spindle cell carcinomas and 50 something uh, metanephric adenomas I, I, and I, I stain them again and nothing, no uh, no other case. So it was just coincidence. That, that's wow. interesting. But good to know. So, so not every time we see a metanephric adenoma or MTSC, we have to worry about this, but keep it in mind, especially if you have other patterns in the tumor and the tumor doesn't fit uh, any of your classic definitions. Excellent. So uh, as far as uh, new partners, uh, you found some partners like CLIP, like uh, uh, Kia and what have you. Did it matter really, or, or it's too early to say what partner is, is forming the uh, fusion? I think this is too early to say something like that. It, it was, to be honest, I, I don't like to play any game. So to be honest, it was just coincidence that we were happy to find them and we had a technology to find them. So so I think it's too early to predict anything. Like we have for TV3, you know, in TV3, we can say if there is a that and nono partner, we can expect such morphology. But I think it's too early for ALK tumors. It's just the beginning for us. So maybe similar to what happened with the MITF tumors as we build more and more cases. Yeah. Although it sounds like this is uh, rarer tumors, but who knows? Uh, maybe we're missing them. Uh, but uh, it's probably going to take us a while before we understand uh, the biology. So uh, it sounds like our life, again, as uh, GU pathologists and patho general pathologists, is getting more difficult when it comes to renal tumors. Uh, to the point that I feel uh, anytime a tumor doesn't fit any classic, I start throwing immunos. Is that your approach? And how do you approach odd tumors right now? Just a simple poor man's way for, uh, for the general pathologist to, to resolve these difficult cases. Uh, I, I would like to say I'm still general pathologist. I read even the appendicitis and all this strange stuff. Odd stuff, you know, I, I really do the routine medicine so far. But if I have a strange tumor, the kidney strange tumor, I always, I am always very generous for the, for the blocks. So if I have a strange tumor, I always go back to the reserve and I take more blocks. And if in such case I have a difficulties, I start your approach exactly to throw everything I have in hand to try if there is something, you know, because those very rare cases and very rare tumors, they are, they are rare and strange, even in immunostochemistry and morphology. So your approach, exactly my approach. So it's, it's fair to say that now, uh, in addition to FH, fumarate hadratase, and SDHB and INI, you start adding ALK to, to that uh, battery of aminos for these odd cases and see if any one of them Definitely. sticks. Definitely. And I try to support my immuno by the genetics as much as I can. 
because you know immuno sometimes can be positive negative we know that from fh it's a great lesson for us fh tumors you can have a fh positive tumors and they have a they have a mutation or or quite different so i'm really careful for 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 such diagnosis I see. So we still need genetics, but at least we can start with uh, with some immunos. Great. Uh, I know these are archival cases and from multi-institution, uh, Calgary and uh, Paris, I think, France and, and many others. Do you, so you probably didn't have as much follow-up, although you mentioned average three years, but in terms of the, the treatment and these are archival, so it was not, were these, any of these treated with Criso or with targeted therapy for ALK or do you have that information? As I, as I know, we do not have any information that they were further treated by any inhibition inhibitors. Uh, just We have a follow-up for majority of the cases, however, they were archived. Uh, archived cases, only one was malignant or with, with metastasis, however, I would expect more because if you follow just the morphology, they are worrisome, they are, they, they look wild, but maybe it's too early to, to make some, some, some conclusions. So but, one, but, out of, one out of the nine that you had follow-up uh, was alive with metastasis, so it remains, uh, it remains as, as a carcinoma at this point. And, exactly, and, exactly, definitely. Definitely. And it's, it's it's a lot lower than than the aggressive outcome rate that uh, has been described in the prior, I think, around twenty five or twenty six in the literature so far. So uh, it's probably too early, but it's we have to err on the conservative side that some of them would do, will metastasize and and potentially kill the patients, right? Uh, unfortunately, I have the same feeling that that because they look wild, they look they look dangerous if if you just go for the morphology. Excellent. Well, uh, thank you. This has uh, been uh, very informative, and I hope uh, our audience, uh, uh, like myself, learned a couple of things about these rare tumors. Uh, how are things going in the Czech Republic? Hopefully you're not hammered uh, as us with the uh, COVID uh, pandemic. Unfortunately, uh, I think we are just right now number one in Europe in incidence. So oh the COVID is here. Fortunately for us, uh, majority of the of the cases have just mild symptoms or they are asymptomatic. But you know how the case is rising up, uh, we can expect the patients with the with the with the severe disease. So, so actually we are we are in the second wave or how do we want to call it? So let's see let's see the future. Well, good luck and uh, please be safe. Uh, give my regards to the colleagues and thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, I would like to thank to all co-authors for enormous patience and for all hard work because it was very difficult and complicated study, multi-institutional and without support of the people from Calgary, Kirill Trpko, from from Naoto Kuroda, from 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 Kochi, from Japan, uh, from Matilde Sibone. Abbas Agaimi, Christina Majima Galuzzi, all the friends, they were very helpful. And without their help, I would never, ever been able to finish that paper. Thank you. Thank you all. Very generous of you. It's always a teamwork and you're really representing everyone here. So thank you again. Any opinions expressed in this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the views of modern pathology, Springer Nature, UAB or USCAP. Your ModPath chat host and scientific director is Dr. George Netto. Producers are Christina Crow, Amber Jackson, Dr. Sarah Jang, and Dr. Catherine Ketchum. Technical direction is provided by Kaminsky Productions, music by Mitch Neubauer. Thanks to the authors, reviewers, and editors of Modern Pathology for making this podcast possible. ACAST recommends comedy podcasts we love. 
Greetings, huddled masses. Is your planet somehow ruined? Is it awful? Do you need a new one? Well, look no further. Listen to Stella Firma each week, where I, Trexel Geisman, the universe's greatest planetary design mind, and my clone assistant, David, say hello, David. Uh, why did you put me into a sack and wake me up in a vocal booth? Well, that's not important, because you need to listen to us each week, turn hay into spun delicious gold and put it directly in your ear holes. Well, Stella Firma is available on all good podcatchers. Isn't that right, David? Yes, I guess. Acast is the home of UK comedy podcasts, including Off Menu, Dear Joan and Jerrica, and the one you're listening to right now.